0: What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back. Today, Steve and I will be on the show talking about how you can make changes in your practice that stick. What's happening over where you're at, Steve?
0: Hey, Derek. Not too much. Actually, a little bit. It's hurricane season over here right now, so we're kind of just watching the weather channel all the time. But if it's like the last 10 hurricanes, it doesn't affect us at all. So
1: (laughs) That's that's normally how it goes, which that's how you want it to be. Yeah, it's
0: true. It's a lot of hype. But things are good. Things are good. What's happening in Lufkin? I have heard that you're taking some time off this September. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah. I bought the practice. I'm finally getting to the point where we're doing a big overhaul renovation. So we are closed for two weeks. Uh, it's my 10-year anniversary. So my wife and I are going to Hawaii and we're really excited.
0: Man, you're timed that nice. <laughs> They're building the office while you're on some beach in Hawaii.
1: Yeah, I did not want to be there. I wanted to be gone somewhere else. So yeah, we're excited.
0: Well planned. I'm excited to hear about how it goes.
1: Yeah, I'll let you know. So today I wanted to address this topic of how do you make changes in your practice? Because I think it's something that often slips through the cracks. For a lot of our time that we work together with dentists in our coaching calls and emails back and forth, we're discussing areas of, of opportunity and changes that we can make in the practice. But there's several steps that have to take place to make sure that these changes will stick and become part of the practice.
0: Right. I think most of us out there are familiar with having a, whether it's a training meeting or a maybe a CE or something that really kind of gets the staff going. And then you kind of hit this You know, lull or fall back again four to six weeks later. So it's definitely something very valuable and a valuable skill to learn is how to make changes stay. You know, consistency, I think, with all the ups and downs there are, is really what our staff really needs and if, if we where we want to go. So and Derek is really good at this. He's pretty much like Michael from the office when I think of a, a really good manager. So I'm gonna ask the first question.
1: That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's something he would say. Yeah. So Derek, how often should we be having these training meetings? How often do you have them with your staff?
1: Yeah, I think this is a great question. A lot of dentists have this question. As with pretty much every answer i give it depends i think that it depends on the office and it depends on the dentist definitely in your first year of ownership what i tell all the dentists that i'm working with is that if you're in your first year of ownership or you're during this time that you're really trying to revamp things in the office you should really be having meetings with staff at least at least once a month every 2 to 4 weeks and sometimes even more depending on you know what exactly you know what changes you're making and things like that. I look at the process like this, and we've talked about this before, talked about this this concept of front-loading the process. So when I'm having these meetings frequently during this time of, of a lot of change, I'm doing it with the vision of what I want to see one year from now. And a year from now, I want these systems to become second nature to my staff, I want them to be just the way that the practice is, the way that it runs. Because what that means is that things will be much more hands-off for me at that point. All too often, what I see is dentists going into ownership and they're overwhelmed by everything that they have to do. And they start working on things by themselves, which is totally backwards. In order to really grow, you need to build your team And you need to increase the abilities and skill set of your team as well.
0: Right. I think that's really true. It's totally backwards. Usually when things get really stressful or really difficult, the initial reaction is to white knuckle it or just kind of micromanage, take control, try to fix all these problems. But really, that's the time you want to delegate and rely on your team to be fixing and solving these problems
1: so true. As a little bit of a preface, I wanted to talk just a little bit about bottlenecks. A book that I think everyone needs to read is The Goal, and it's by Eliyahu Golding. This book is really good. It teaches all about bottlenecks. It gives a lot of insight into how processes and systems in a business or a factory or whatever should be set up. In the book, he discusses that there will always be bottlenecks in any kind of a process. So it's not always about eliminating The bottlenecks, not eliminating all of them at least, because that would be impossible. What it's about is having the right bottlenecks per se. So, at another point, we'll go more into detail on this. But for now, what applies in our practice is that our goal should be for us, for the dentist, to always be the bottleneck. Because when that happens, that means that our time is being fully utilized in the practice. If I'm having to wait for other other things to happen before I can see the next patient or you know start using my skills, that means that there are bottlenecks in other places besides me. So this is kind of a big picture vision. And in the beginning, there's going to be a lot of bottlenecks in the systems and the flow. So we're going to be working on training the staff to get rid of those and so that we can get closer to ourselves being the final bottleneck
0: right our time is the most valuable we don't ever want to be waiting for someone else this is kind of an aside but something interesting i remember learning about bottlenecks i spoke with a six sigma i don't know if you've ever heard of that it's like basically this philosophy to find inefficiencies and inconsistencies in businesses Anyways, there was a business consultant who was a Six Sigma black belt and I was asking him some questions and basically he analyzed really, really large companies to find inefficiencies. And something interesting he said is that the first impulse that a manager has when they find a bottleneck is to hire another person at the bottleneck or get another person to come over and help in that task. That's the employee, like the bottleneck employee's first response and the manager's. But really, he said the first question should always be, what tool or training process can this person have in order to do the task more efficiently? You know, he was talking about big corporate processes, but it it just kind of made me think of how many dentists we speak with that have a severely overstaffed front desk with multiple people trying to do different things when really some training and, and maybe some tools, whether it's tech or other things, could really kind of fix the bottlenecks that happen there. So kind of an aside, but interesting subject nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I think we'll definitely have to do an episode at some point talking more about bottlenecks because I think it's it's really crucial to any business, but especially for us as well. So let's get into a little bit about, you know we talked about how often we should be having these meetings. Let's talk a little bit about what these meetings look like. So can you tell me for you, Steve, as you're training and you're going through this process with your team, what do these meetings look like for you?
0: Yeah. So for me, it depends. Sometimes we'll have like a formal meeting where maybe I'll bring in lunch and we'll kind of all put the chairs in a circle and we'll kind of discuss things. Other times we'll kind of find opportunities. You know, when we finish, you know, a half hour early at the end of the day, we'll I'll call everyone around and we'll do a powwow and I'll pull out, you know, a couple things. So, you know, it just kind of depends that way. The important thing is that you're being the leader in initiating these meetings. To start, we'll, I mean, we'll generally have like a particular focus in a particular training meeting, but I always want my team to kind of remember how it fits into the bigger picture, basically. So, you know, it may be a, a small, specific thing that we're working on, but I always tie it back into we want to provide the best care for our patients and we want our practice to be as productive and as grow as much as possible. So, if we're talking about preventive services we can offer, we'll discuss the more preventive procedures we can do, the better off our patients are, the less decay they'll have, and in turn, our office will be more productive. Everyone will be able to get higher bonuses at the end of each month. And I think at least for me, it's important to link great patient care to being a more productive office so in these meetings i'll kind of always hit on that overall vision i think a lot of dentists are very scared to talk to their staff about making more money or producing more as an office they'll be afraid that maybe the staff will think i'm greedy that i just want money i don't care about patients but it's important to build kind of a win-win in the staff's eyes about providing great care and being productive. They go hand in hand because they do. We've experienced this and and shown that it does. So, you know, the more we can prevent or correct problems, the better off our patients will be and the better off our practice will be. That's kind of a mantra that we're going to be holding at all these meetings, no matter how specific, you know, the issue or the training will be.
1: Yeah. A couple episodes ago when I was kind of talking about my experience in everything. I talked about how important that I believe vision is. And the same goes for when you're training your staff, give them the vision and let them be part of it. I think a lot of dentists too, in the beginning, I mean, let's say you just bought the practice. This is what I'm telling dentists a lot of times. You don't have to jump right into the money or, you know, you don't have to share all these numbers right in the beginning, but you can let them know, you know, I've got this idea for a bonus system where there's going to be no cap at some point. And really what my goal is, is that we treat our patients better than any other office around here. And that my staff, that you all get compensated and paid better than any other office as well. So even if the time is not necessarily right to do all those things, give them a vision. Let them know where you're going with it. So after discussing the vision, at least... For me, we're going to jump right into training and the more hands-on things can be, the better. Do you feel like that? Have you seen kind of more hands-on things for you?
0: Yeah, I would agree. So, you know, we're pulling out pictures or like an odontogram, kind of reviewing, giving them the models to hold basically anything that kind of is tangible or I'll, I'll get out like little multiple choice pieces of paper and do like a fun little quiz basically to keep them engaged really is, is the idea. For me, I know I just kind of doze off when people are talking all the time anyway. So, and I think they do too. So anything that is memorable, tangible, you know, we'll be walking around the office. Sometimes I'll invite a staff member to kind of present on a subject or do a little training that they're good at. And that kind of gives them a little bit of ownership and empowerment. They kind of feel important. Sometimes they feel a little bit too important and they really start like, <laughs> you know, this is how this is done and they start correcting everyone. But the idea is there, so you want to give them some hands-on, some empowerment and kind of make it active and memorable basically.
1: Yeah. I think a couple things that I've done that have worked well for me. One is to just put intraoral photographs that we've taken over the last month, put them up on the laptop and just tell them, what do you think treatment options are going to be with this tooth? You know, what what might we talk about? And I think it's good for everyone in the office to kind of know, and it kind of helps everyone get on the same page. And it's going to help hygienists and assistants to kind of help prep the patient before you go in the room and start talking about treatment. Another example of something that's kind of more hands-on is like if I'm talking about scheduling principles, what I can do is take the schedule and print it off and cut out all the different appointments that are on there and then just give them, give all of them to each of the individual staff and ask them to basically rearrange them in the most effective way, filling out the columns and stuff. Every person has to do it so they, they get to know. and then And then, you know, we take a look at everybody's and everybody kind of shares with each other. Oh, well, I was thinking this could go better here. We're learning teamwork, they're getting hands-on training, so they're doing it, and it's going to make them, help them remember things a lot more and make it much more applicable.
0: Right. That's a good idea. I think I'll probably do that. So, question for you. When you've kind of done some of these trainings, Derek, have you ever had to deal with some objections or, you know, did staff kind of raise an issue or have a question that you didn't really have an answer to at the time?
1: No. I've never had an objection. Never. <laughs> I wish. That would be nice. But yeah, we all are going to deal with staff members having concerns. They'll come up and it's okay. I mean, even if you don't know the answer at the time, it's okay to tell them that, hey, I don't have all the answers. Let's talk through this. But here are some some things that I've done in that situation. If something like that comes up. If someone asks a question or has a concern, maybe I kind of have an idea in my head and I'm pretty sure what I could do. A lot of times I'll ask, well, does anybody have an answer or you know, any ideas for the, You know, the point that Susie just brought up? Getting the team involved in the discussion is going to help bring unity, but it also could very well bring in new ideas that you wouldn't get otherwise.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes it can open your eyes to maybe some problems that you wouldn't have known otherwise. I think, lots of times listening to employees is really important because they're aware of problems that you may not know about, you know, things that happen up front or interactions that happen with a patient that you weren't even there for. So, you know, I like to tell my staff it's great to kind of report or share a problem or inefficiency just as long as you, you know, offer a solution to it as well. And then it probably depends on, you know, their suggestion. But if you go with their solution, if it works, I think it, provides them a little bit more ownership and eagerness to make changes in their own duties that will take things to where you want it more or less. But I think listening and allowing them to present a solution can be really, really helpful most of the time. (laughs) If it's a left field thing, obviously no, but most of the time it's a really helpful, helpful thing.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent point. We could probably talk, you know, have a whole episode just about that. Just about your point right there. One thing that I tell Dennis I'm working with as well is just to say, if you're ever in a situation and you don't know what the answer is or you know, you're know you not sure what to do, just say, man, that's a really good question. I'm gonna write that down and I'm gonna talk to my consultant and I'm gonna see see what they say. That's a good way to, to stall and give you some time to come up with a good answer instead of rather just coming up with something that's not gonna work out well. And there are gonna be times where your staff is gonna have concerns and you're just gonna have to say, you know what, I know that there's going to be some things that we're going to have to work through with this, but I know that this is the right decision. It's going to be best for our office and for our patients. So we're going to do our best to implement this. And then we'll meet again in a couple of weeks and we can talk about any adjustments that we need to make.
0: Right. I like the timeline. Most of the time, people aren't going to be happy about changing things. And in their mind it's like everything we've done in the past is over now we have to do something new but i like the idea of we're going to implement this we'll review it and so it kind of will allow them to open their mind to it gradually even after they see that it's that it's working so it's a it's a good approach so let's say we've had the training meetings we've had the discussion and now you know it's the next day this is kind of where the rubber hits the road what are some things we do to make sure that The things we talk about are actually carried out?
1: I mean, obviously, I think, you know, reminding the staff if you have a morning huddle, you can talk about and kind of review some of the things. But in my opinion, the number one most important thing that you can do is to look for opportunities to provide immediate feedback to your staff. I want to go through, you know, maybe just a couple examples here and I'll talk about why this is so important. So here's what I mean when I say immediate feedback I mean that. When you see an employee that is doing something that you've asked them to do or something you've trained on recently, thank them immediately for their efforts to do it. Even if they're not doing it well or only doing one little thing, the fact that you notice will be a huge motivation for them to continue trying. So an example, let's say you trained an assistant recently on a better way to retract or improve your vision, something like that. Don't wait until later to say thank you. Say it right at that moment. Say something like, "Wow, that helps a lot. I can see way better." Thanks, thanks for doing it that way. That, that's great.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think it's important. Just feel free to give feedback in front of patients. You know, just like you said, right in the middle of an appointment. If you've been training an assistant on how to make a temp, you know, and then the assistant just finished one, praise them when you come in and take a look at it while you know, while you're looking in the patient's mouth, tell the patient how well the assistant did, you know, this, this looks great. So it's going to make the assistant feel like a million bucks. And it will also make the patient feel like they're being well taken care of. And, you know, whether you realize it or not, it actually will build a lot of rapport with you as a boss. People, in my experience, really like to see like a doctor treating their staff really well. So yeah, just, you know, compliment. Don't be afraid to compliment right in front of the patients.
1: Yeah. So here's another example. If you've been training on, uh, you know, let's say customer service on the phone, watch for your employees that are doing the things that you've asked. So uh, let's say Angela just gets off the phone with somebody and I'm close by. As soon as she finishes uh, the phone call, I'm going to butt in and say, Angela, I noticed how you called the patient by their name multiple times in that phone call. Man, that's awesome. I'm impressed how quickly you picked things up because, you know, we just tr- trained on that yesterday. Um, even if you trained on five different things to do and Angela only did that one, point out the one that she did because you know what's going to happen after you do that? She's going to smile and nod. She's going to feel so proud of herself. And then when you turn around to walk down the hallway, she's going to go back to the, the training list and say, okay, what were those other four things that we trained on? And she's going to be preparing to do those things as well in the next phone call.
0: Yeah. And I think most people have heard this, but it's really important to kind of internalize it. Just as an example, there was one study done that tried to determine what motivates employees, you know, and it's probably different for everyone, but as a general rule, what are great motivators? So the researcher, he conducted a survey. It was like on some big software company, and he gave the survey to the managers and to the employees. So he asked the managers what they predicted would be the top motivator, and they predicted wages and compensation, which would be a pretty fair guess, right? Well, then when the employees were asked the same question about their highest motivation, the nearly... Unanimous number one response was full appreciation for work done. So, kind of take a minute and think about that. They could have answered bonuses, raises, healthcare, you know, retirement, whatever. But out of everything, the biggest motivator was whether or not they just felt that the work they did was fully appreciated. So, the truth is, although, you know, all those things are very important benefits and pay and they all help. They don't necessarily motivate employees to perform well at what they do. You know, there was another one by Greg Smith that was done that showed the number one cause of employee dissatisfaction at work that discouraged employees and made them leave was lack of appreciation.
1: Yeah. So kind of cool. Those studies go hand in hand and basically give the same results. At least from my experience, when I was an employee, this was a hundred percent true for me. I had several different jobs, but there's one that I can think of specifically. I worked for a, a small pest control company, probably like 10 employees or less. And overall, I was, I was really pretty happy with my job, but really my number one desire, I just wanted to add value to the company. I wanted to please my boss. And, you know, I just wanted validation from him that, what I was doing was, was helping the company.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure you probably, even though it was a long time ago, can remember any compliments, right. That he may have given you. Did he give you any, Oh, maybe there wasn't a lot to compliment for.
1: Sadly there, there wasn't, I mean, he was, he was a super nice guy. I mean, overall I felt like he was a good boss, but I honestly cannot remember a single time when he ever gave me a compliment about, you know, anything that I did that was work related.
0: Yeah, that's funny, and you're not there anymore. But I, I, most of us can remember that rare moment in dental school where, like, someone, like, some professor gave you a glowing review. Or basically, we we all want to feel important, right? We all want to feel appreciated. Important principles, remember here. So, last thing, you know, maybe we can't always be saying the nicest, rosiest things. Sometimes there's problems. You know, how should we correct employees when they're doing things that? we don't want them to do when they're not making these changes, how should we correct them?
1: Yeah. The first step is to make sure that you're actually doing it because most bosses and, you know, I'll put us most dentists don't correct. You know, a lot of times we'll just kind of, it's easier to just let it slip through the cracks and not worry about it than it is to actually address things. It's also important to give this feedback as soon as possible. The same that we talked about immediate feedback before when we were talking about positive feedback and praising employees, it's the same for when there's something that is not the correct behavior. We need to give feedback as soon as possible. The longer you let it go, the less the employee will remember it and the less meaningful the feedback will actually be. Obviously, this is a little bit tougher because these are things that shouldn't be said in front of patients or other employees so usually the, the way that I find it's best is at the end of appointment or something, I'll just say, Hey, when you get a chance, I just want to talk to you during lunch for a second or at the end of the day, you know, something like that. At the end of the day, I'm just going to pull them in and have a quick chat and just let them know, Hey, I think things are going pretty well. There's one thing that I saw that I think if we could just tweak this a little bit, I think it would go really well. And, you know, just talk about that change and, you know, help them to see that. Sometimes there'll be behavior that's worse. That's, It's not necessarily something that just needs tweaking. It's something that needs, that just shouldn't happen. In those situations, I usually say something like this. If I'm talking to Sally, I'll say, Sally, man, I really want you to be here and I really want you to be a part of our team. And I I like what you do, but if we're going to make this work, I really need to see this from you, you know, and just explain whatever behavior was inappropriate or, you know, whatever, if it's something that I've been asking and they're not doing I need to let them know that I need to see this change if we're going to make it work. So anyway, remember that big picture praise is the best way to encourage change and behavior you want to see, even if you have to look hard for those things that you're going to praise on. But that's what they're going to remember. And that's what's going to help them change the most.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, you do the little sandwich with the correction where you build them up, share the problem then end with building them up. I want this to work out. And I think you said it's perfect. You want to localize the correction to a behavior, not them. But this is the issue. You're awesome. We want to fix this issue. So they're coming out of it motivated to change and improve without feeling a lot of contention or, or problems between you. So that was well played. Looking at the clock here, we are going to be finishing this up. So hopefully that was a few nuggets for you all. Go out this week and hold a meeting with your staff. Let us know how it goes. Hopefully this was helpful for you. Everyone have a great week. Create the practice that you love and the life you deserve. And until next time, we'll see you guys.
1: See ya.